3: All right, welcome on to part three of the Hollinger and Duncan organization rankings. If you missed part two, then you should consider subscribing to Dunked on Prime, where you can get our salary cap sheets, you can get these lists uh, in text form, you can get every Hollinger and Duncan episode, you can get five days a week of me and Danny LaRue, you can get access to our discord where we chat every month and where we also have what has been called one of the least negative online spaces that there is and talk basketball with your fellow nerds. So highly uh, suggest subscribing to dunk down prime actually makes an excellent holiday gift for the hoops nerd in your life. John, let's pick it up here. We finished up with, I think, our first 18. Yes. Who is next on your list that we haven't discussed yet in organization rankings? And recall the criteria. We laid these out in great detail at the start of episode one of these, but we generally are looking for the team that we would want to, or or the organization that we would want running our favorite team in a random NBA city, which uh, I think that will come up in one of the teams that we are going to discuss right now. So who we got? I had the Sacramento Kings. All right. I'm not feeling so bad about having Houston ahead of them. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Uh, (laughs) I think – well, it's funny because Monty McNair obviously came from Houston. Um, Sure. Another team where you view the owner as a big liability. Um, Nailed the coach hire. Uh, You would say that they – even though it's weird because the Halliburton trade, you know, there's been so many opinions on this. I think it was negative from the sense of they ended up with the lesser player in the deal. But I also I also don't know how they could have gotten full value for what they had at the time, which was Halliburton and Fox and each of them kind of eating off the other's plate and so diminishing their value a little bit. And I think actually the bigger mistake was the renegotiate and extend on Sabonis. Because I think that that is the one that really handcuffed them to a uh you know, we've talked about teams chasing the eight seed or whatever. I mean, this is more like a chasing the five seed, like an Indiana strategy of old, I guess. But Still, still something that I think really foreclosed some high end possibilities for them, and and kind of unnecessarily. Yeah, but,
3: that, but I, we think they, heard. I think I think they. Yeah, go ahead, sorry.
4: I think they also did some good stuff though to get this team to the point where it's at. I mean, obviously nailed the Mike Brown hire, right? And did a lot of things to sort of. Remove the Kangs stigma that uh, came with this team uh, for so long. So I, I think I think you give them extra credit for succeeding in a place where there were more barriers to success, maybe than in other places. So uh, you, you, I think you have to take that into account too.
3: Yeah, you haven't heard any bullshit about Vivek really since the McNair era began now you might say that because McNair only had a three-year deal that he was under some pressure to get better and make the playoffs like that is coming from the top down now when you haven't made the playoffs since 2006 maybe you can understand that I think maybe there's a misperception there that making the well hey we make the playoffs as soon as possible then like we're just accelerating the timeline right like step by step first playoffs and then then you're getting home court advantage and then you're competing for a championship like nah it doesn't really work that way In the NBA, necessarily, because you can, it's pretty easy when half the teams make the playoffs to build a playoff team, but taking the next step beyond that is difficult. And I think them getting the three seed last year was above what this team's talent is. You know, I think they're kind of more of a, as you noted, chasing the five seed sort of team. There's, we're also just at an interesting moment in the Western Conference right now where there isn't really that obvious team that's winning 55, 60 games when you used to have, you know, probably three of those teams a year, and the Kings, to me, are not going to be that type of team when you have Demonis Sabonis is your centerpiece. And even Fox is very good, and he may, you could see him maybe taking the leap, but uh, to getting into maybe like the lower end of the top 10. But, you know, it's hard to imagine him being even, you know, better than like what Damian Lillard has been the last few years, right? And they're just, other than yeah. Steph Curry, you just like small guards just aren't that good. Uh, or or maybe other than Steph Curry and Tyrese Halford. <laughs> but well, so Tyrese uh, isn't that so, small, though. Yeah. No, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he is 6'5, but he's, he, is, he defends like he's Tyrese. Me. um <laughs> in terms of but but yeah that that is true i think for his passing in particularly that does really matter a lot so anyway it's like Wes Wilcox and McNair are solid pros. They nailed the coach hire. They're not a joke. The beam has got to be worth a couple of slots in the rink. Like that is yes. the best marketing gimmick that any team has come up with in like the last 20 years. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yeah. Which I mean, that that matters. Like that, if you're going to be a mm-hmm. fan of a team, like that's, a, that's yeah. pretty cool to like to light the beam like that. That's really exciting. So might have the best but, arena yeah. too. They're
4: definitely up there. Okay.
3: Yeah. I haven't been to a couple of the other newer ones, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice experience there and and they do a good job of engaging with the community and the fans and stuff. So uh, I think that they're solid there. The fact that they have always kind of maintained goodwill in the community as badly as they've sucked has been an accomplishment. But it still doesn't feel like this is a team, other than maybe Mike Brown and De'Aaron Fox, that have true like championship contention on their mind. That that's the goal. And but if you're the players you're building around are De'Aaron Fox and DeBona Sabonis, like I've kind of said this about Atlanta too, where hey, you know what? Like these are the best players you've had in a while. Yeah, you may not win a championship, but having a nice sustained run of success and. They could still make another move as well, or maybe Keegan Murray will blow up, and maybe that and that's how they make the the leap to the next level. But you know, I think being a first round playoff team, and maybe they'll win a series here or there at some point in the next few years. Probably not, but that's that's way above where they've been. But they also just have not really like they had a strategy they've executed that strategy as well as they really possibly could have but how good was that strategy of being like a decent playoff team to begin with i guess that's that's kind of how i would summarize it in the end
4: yeah, and that's why, I mean, that's why they are where they are kind of for good and bad, right? That that That's how they
3: end yeah. up in the teens. And, and the and the Sabonis extension as well, and that's that that's how they used their cap space and didn't really bring anyone else. Uh, I think they did pretty well. Would you say they did well with the Murray pick at number four there? He's not shooting very well this year, but I think he's going to come around. And, I, and he's had and he some came health problems.
4: Yeah, and he came in a little older, so... Realistically, I mean, if you look at other draft boards at the time, the alternative was Ivy, who is not setting the world on fire either. So,
3: well, and also would have been a terrible fit with Fox. Yes. Worse than Halliburton.
4: So I mean the fact the fact that I mean Murray obviously fit the roster they had so well. So one of the things was he did have an opportunity to come in and succeed because he was just gonna he was gonna play right away. So that, as you point out, was not going to happen with Jaden Ivey and and if they were gonna make it happen, it probably meant they wouldn't have signed Monk. Uh, you know, is Murray better than Benedict Matherin? I mean, I think their road not taken is probably actually Shaden Sharp, but that's a completely different timeline than you're working on.
3: Yeah, and he doesn't play as valuable of a position as Murray does. And yeah, I think not a lot of people were considering Sharp in that range. And then, yeah, if you go down the list, Ivy, Matherin, Sharp, Daniel, Sohan, Davis, Jang, and you get down to Jalen Williams, who also was not being talked about in that range. So, yeah, I think they, they did pretty well on that pick yeah i, I they're, they're just like a, a solid organization it's just the overall lack of vision but like they mike braun has really been such a massive hire for where these guys were and that he's a big reason why they've moved up quite a bit we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of who's changed the most but yes let's uh let's move on to my next team okay and I, I had Sacramento in in a pretty large tier here.
4: I had a pretty. What? This is a pretty big open tier for me because there's a lot of this. Like, yeah, they did some things well, but then there's this other yeah. dumb thing they did.
3: I, I mean, I wouldn't. I like. I wouldn't consider any of these organizations to be like bad organizations. I think they're they're totally fine. Uh, and I, I don't know that there is so much to separate them from the teams we talked about towards the latter end of episode two. What do you make of the Portland Trailblazers at this point? Because they've actually been higher for us in recent years and I have them lower. You apparently do as well. So what have they done to deserve getting knocked down lower here?
4: Uh, I had them 27th. woo
3: Oh, baby. All right, um, I was, I was uh, not going that bad, that low. Wow. Okay, well, that is... Uh, that is Still feel like... Yeah, they're, they're like, my Toronto, or, or they're your Toronto, I guess.
4: Still feel like ownership is in the way. Um, still not sure they maximize their load return. Like, the whole thing with not talking to Miami was weird, right? And that's the type of thing that... I would think would be more likely a thing to come from ownership than to be the type of thing that the GM says, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to talk to Miami, right?
3: Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. Um, I, 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 maybe you know better than me on that. But uh, I thought they did good in the Lillard deal. I, I thought the package they got from the Bucks is better than they got a good package. we could have given them.
4: They got a good package from Milwaukee, and then they obviously flipped Holiday. And so they executed that part. Um Eight and trade not looking real great right now. Uh, no. Now the great the Grant contract the night before Lillard, you know, asked for a trade that like that's that turned didn't turn out real well. I we can give him well, credit. I, for I'm some on record things, right? as saying. Like,
3: I, well, I'm on record, If since you brought up the grant contract before we move on, I, I'm on record as saying I would have done that deal. Like, I think they're going to get positive value for him in a trade.
4: I think the value they're going to get is that they get a pick, but in return, they get a clunker of a contract coming back. Like, yeah, they get Davis Bertons with two and a half years left on his deal or something.
3: Yeah. I mean, and Grant is still playing pretty well. He's shooting 40% for three again this year. When
4: when when they've been good, Grant has generally been the reason. Uh, so, yeah, give, give him credit for that. They found a couple guys off the scrap heap, it looks like, like Skylar Mays, Duop Reith. Like, there's plenty of teams we've talked about who haven't even found guys like that. Um uh, Sharp pick seems like it's going to be the right pick, so credit for that. Uh, like, like I said, I mean the the move to go in for Aiton with the money he's got coming a defensible risk certainly, but it, thus far you would say it it does not appear to be paying off.
3: I would say. And I don't, I don't give them much credit for the Scoot pick. That was the obvious one there. The Sharp
4: pick. I don't, I, mean, I don't know if credit right. is really the the correct word right now either.
3: Yeah, no, that, that's true. We, we, I mean, it's too early Look, to he's, he's him, but he's yeah, 19 years, years old. Up, yeah.
4: he's played 12 games, but he has been god awful.
3: Yeah, I was certainly hoping, like we're going to do our prospect rankings probably next week, and I was hoping that he would figure. And I, it's going to be hard to have him. Yeah. Anywhere close to the top. So, it, yeah, the thigh trade was okay. They retained him. We'll, we'll see where they're going. Like, I don't know. I guess I just, I'm not really sure what they did to, like, get lowered down so much. I But... They're obviously, they're bad. They're rebuilding. They tried to be good the last couple of years. They didn't succeed at that. I generally, I mean, this continues something even from maybe the latter part of the old Shea years of where their individual moves, I don't really hate very many of them at the time. And yet they kind of end up not being that great. But now they're just in like total rebuilding mode. They've embraced that at least. And so I just... Wake me up in a couple of years. Like, it, all that matters now is who they're going to draft. And, uh, yeah. No, they actually have been more respectable. Like, they're defending, which is, which is not bad. I mean, that's, this, you know, I don't they've they you know. have
4: played hard this year yeah. every time I've seen them to their credit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't think Chauncey was a particularly inspired hire. Uh, and I think he's done some tactical things to maybe back that up. But I do think he's gotten these guys to play hard every night.
3: Yeah. No, you can't say he's lost the locker room, but, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of these other teams, but I, I, I wasn't, I had Toronto kind of, or, or sorry, Portland at kind of the end of this group. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 27 seems pretty tough. I, I, granted I realized that there aren't as many like awful organizations as there used to be at bet. Three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every
0: sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
3: So who else do you have here? Who's your next highest team? My next
4: highest team uh, is Cleveland, who I think had like a pretty decent offseason. They pushed in for the Mitchell trade, which is definitely a risk. And we're going to see how that plays out still. Uh, I thought they did a great deal with Jared Allen to get him on the money they got him on. Uh, Creative deal, certainly, to get Max Struess in the the sign and trade. Uh, Might overreach to pay Miang. We'll see how that goes. Uh, You know, I think J.B. Bickerstaff has worked out to be a really good hire for them. And I think they're still figuring out some things with their team and their roster about how it it all works. And there's some things that you wish they hadn't done, like, you know, the... Levert trade, probably. They didn't really need to do uh, maybe no. one or two other things. But... No, thank
3: you for reminding me of that one. That that was one of the ones where it just did that. That was very much a chase the playoffs move that yes. it was poor strategy and poor execution there, I would say.
4: Yeah. Uh, Dan Gilbert being less involved, I think, is a plus.
3: Yeah, I mean, he definitely never covered himself in glory other than being willing to spend, but they haven't been in a situation where it's made sense to spend yet. they they might be approaching that, particularly if they can get Mitchell to come back. I I guess, you know, some Cleveland partisans would probably be like, Well, hey, like, you know, they've rebuilt into like this pretty good team. They're starting to get some traction again. Like they're gonna be a playoff team in the East for the foreseeable future. They built that up out of the rebuild of the ashes of LeBron. Like, why shouldn't they be higher?
4: And I, I guess the the response would be, I mean, they got multiple high lottery picks to push them into to help push them into that, right? And so it it wasn't quite out of thin air, right? Well, uh, they
3: got Jared Allen out of thin
4: they out. got Jared Allen as a sidebar to the Harden trade, right? Which was br- brilliant work.
3: Yeah. And and Garland, they took him when they already had Sexton at that position. Drafted over the top of sexton. That was the right move, obviously, in retrospect, yes. but certainly not at the time. Uh the Okoro pick, not amazing. I mean, they had Garland, so they probably weren't gonna go Halberton there. Like I, I was I understood at least the theory of the Akoro pick. He just hasn't been what they were fully hoping for on either end. And you know, the Mitchell trade, they were very aggressive. I think if they had known what Larry Markkinen could be and frankly what Evan Mobley is not on the offensive end, that yeah. they I mean they would clearly be better off with just this version of Larry Markkinen play in the three for them than i think and the then donovan mitchell now sexton was matching salary in that deal he was a restricted free agent but to have all their draft picks and that version of marketing make an 18 and not necessarily as much of a flight risk but they weren't going to get that larry marketing with the group that they had so uh, i mean i think they didn't realize how much they were giving up nobody did uh, at that yeah. point because i mean larry marketing is a really really good player like he would it's kind of too bad he's going to be stuck in utah for a while because he would be awesome as like a second or third best player on a winning team. But
4: yeah. Now um, the the thing yeah. with the thing with Cleveland, though I mean, they are out over the wire, right? Because they don't control any of their drafts from 25 through 29, and Donovan Mitchell can become a free agent in 25. Now, I guess you could say if you were a Cleveland supporter like, well, even if he leaves, we still won't completely suck. We'll have room, we'll still have Allen Garland and Mobley, like, you know, whatever. But I I don't think that's that's a situation you really are excited about being in, right? So it's kind of incumbent on them to make the most of these next two years where they have Mobley still on his rookie deal and Mitchell definitely under contract. Like this is is a really key window for them. And right now your takeaway watching
3: them is like, okay, they're pretty
4: good, but are they a top four team in the East even now? So I think you make that move to be top four in the East and they're not quite there.
3: Yeah and we'll see uh, of course what happens w- with Mitchell in the offseason but he, even then like he's the small backcourt he hasn't really been that great in the playoffs uh, like hits I'm not sure how good this whole like little guards and big men and no resources to address anything else it gonna work <laughs> right <laughs> but like i think they had a good off season within their limited confines but hey wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have this huge mitchell contract and you could have just like build around darius garland now i think what they would say is well hey darius garland just by himself as a creator just isn't gonna work and we needed somebody else and those guys don't grow on trees so that's why we got mitchell so i, I guess i'm just like and, and i don't give them really credit for the mobley pick that was just the obvious pick there uh, where they were and who is available yeah so so i guess and i just i don't quite like, the, the Dan Gilbert thing still looms a little bit. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm not just, like, unequivocally wowed by these guys. They're kind of mid-pack. That's where I have them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a lot better than they were, you know, two, three years ago. Um, the, I think they, they've they definitely improved from the days of, like, giving Kevin Love $30 million a year in an extension.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Your turn. Oh, I thought I just nominated
3: Cleveland. Oh, you're correct. My turn. Yeah, The, the Hawks? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> next next answer <laughs> yeah may i think cleveland would probably have to be above atlanta um you know i don't know about sacramento portland like that that's a, who all is in this group for me so far of the teams that we've talked about um, I don't know. You're down there. What do you think of them? Atlanta? Yeah.
4: Uh, so I had them pretty low because, I mean, it's a new front office, still getting its feet wet. Uh, ownership is still there. I still see it as a net negative. They're not willing to pay tax, even though they're in a pretty decent-sized market. Uh, they've pushed to get some deals done that I think weren't maybe in the team's long-term interest, is that especially the Murray deal. Um, they're still dealing with... Uh, Pretty significant cap hangover. I'm not sure yet how this Akongu extension is gonna look. Uh Murray extension, now that's positive. I uh, thought they made a good hire, obviously, with Quinn Snyder. I just think yeah, they and, and like, that was
3: an inspired move to go grab him during Last Off's during the during season. During the season. Because with the the like you think the Milwaukee Bucks wouldn't have been interested to have like Quinn Snyder or Billy yeah. or like there's the or the Suns. Yeah. Like there are great jobs that ended up being open. So to nail him uh, at, you know, back in February in an unconventional move after firing Nate McMillan, uh, that yeah. actually, I think, was pretty good.
4: Yep, yeah. Pulled him off a beach in Costa Rica. Um, first draft, uh, you know, we, st- we still don't know how this is going to work out, but certainly Kobe B- Bufkin had an uphill battle in summer league, we'll say. And, and is not part of the rotation. Yeah,
3: not a guy who kind of makes a lot of sense for what this. Right. Even if he, right even if,
4: yeah, even if he had hit, what, what do you have with him? Yeah. Um, but,
3: but I mean, you're you know you're thinking about what the team looks like two years from now when you make the pick. So it's not like if he can play, he can play. But he hasn't given an indication of that yet. Uh,
4: thought Sadiq Bay was a decent trade. Uh, they finally traded John Collins, you know, got something out of that. Yeah,
3: I think uh, just getting off of that money just for nothing other than taking back Rudy Gay was pretty good. I don't like I think John Collins is kind of confirming in Utah that he's the exact same player that he was in Atlanta. Like there wasn't some like amazing thing to understand. Unlock that Atlanta just wasn't succeeding in.
4: No, nah, no, nah. just just that just not quite the same pop as early in his career, and not a good enough shooter to make up for it.
3: So, so, so do you do you put anything in it from the schlenk era, or is that totally erased for you now?
4: To me, it's basically totally erased. Just well, that's because I mean, it's a completely with different regime. I mean you know Travis did some good stuff there. I mean, let's not sure, sure, throw it all under the wire. I mean Jalen johnson is is paying some big dividends for them now, for instance,, yeah. so uh yeah, I just the the it's more the ownership, the owner's kid where where that all is involved and and some of the moves they've made to really. I, th- I think getting to the conference finals actually hurt them because it made them think they, they were a lot closer than they were and it forced some really short-term thinking that they're paying the piper for and will continue to over the next couple years when they send unprotected picks to San Antonio. All
3: right. You've convinced me to move them down. Who's next? Oh, and the herder trade
4: was terrible, too. Um <laughs>
3: yeah, of all the guys to get off of, when to get off of money, they traded the guy who had the best contract.
4: Yeah, exactly. So this is a hard one because you say, would you want this team? These guys managing your team in in your market? I had the Lakers next, and I had them next because not because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who I think came to. LA right to play for the Lakers but did not come because the front office wooed them and they were like oh wow we can come here I didn't know yeah. that and, you know and,
3: and I would even give um, them a slight demerit on the Davis trade I thought they didn't need to give up quite as much as they did when he absolutely. Was in the last year of his contract now I, I, I will note in their defense that Brandon Ingram and you know Lonzo Ball obviously got hurt but Brandon Ingram wasn't you know an, an obvious future all-star at the time that they traded him uh like the, the guys that they traded uh Uh, were you know josh hartley these guys were not guys who were like incredibly sexy names and they needed to include certain players to match the salary anyway but yeah yeah, they maybe gave up a little bit much like the the, there was a pick that ended up being dyson daniels and they still this deferment thing has like really put a wrench in their future exactly yeah that was a mistake to not just be like no we're gonna we'll give you our 2024 pick unprotected that's it like we're not doing this deferment thing
4: and I don't and know if you remember shooting, they yeah. they screwed up the cap on that trade too because they originally thought they were going to have enough for another max deal and then they didn't. Yeah. And then they had to make a separate deal with Washington
3: anyway. Um. um well, and and I guess uh, also the Westbrook trade is still on this this team's ledger as what, well. So
4: Westbrook trade was a disaster. Good save from the Westbrook trade last year, but it cost yeah. them in terms of draft equity in the future, and so well, and, and
3: it also cost them you know a year and a half of lebron james and anthony davis is playing
4: (laughs) (laughs) yes there's there's that too uh the reason i wouldn't put them lower though even though there's that and there's the whole like with the you know the recent era in la with the dysfunction dating back to magic obviously and that's the same ownership group the draft though is is why i i still have to like give them some flowers here and not push them too far down uh I mean, getting Austin Reeves for nothing. Some of these other guys they found late. A lot of them, unfortunately, were sent to other teams eventually. Uh, you know, like Zubots is playing for the Clippers instead of them because they made a ridiculous trade for Mike Muscala. Uh, but they've been able to find guys really consistently over the last, and it's going back like a decade. Uh, so that's the one where you say, OK, well, that is portable to any market.
3: Yeah, Austin Reeves is the most salient uh, of those guys that's on the roster right now. The other thing I'll give them credit for is that they have actually done pretty well on some of these second draft type of signings with uh, Cam Reddish uh, being the most recent of those. Now, how much of that is LeBron being able to just kind of put guys in position to succeed and, and motivate guys? But you know, Jackson Hayes looks like a totally fine backup center for them this year, Reddish. Uh, Torian Prince is a little bit older, but he's another guy that they just signed for the BAE who's actually starting for them and looks fine. Uh, going back to Lonnie Walker, Malik Monk, like they have this strategy of bringing in younger guys who haven't produced but kind of have the athleticism and can succeed next to LeBron has worked pretty well, I would say. But yeah, as you you get into the idea of what would they be in any market, number one, there's the getting the players aspect. But number two, the willingness to spend. When you consider that they are easily the highest revenue team, they have cheaped out in a number of ways that have hurt them over the years. The Alex Caruso contract being the most salient of those.
4: That terrible mistake. Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, which was compounded by the fact that they got Russ and took on a bunch of money with him that offseason. But they seem to have kind of like LeBron's been agitating for Kyrie they haven't gone that direction and yeah maybe, maybe that would have ended up being better it depends where they they end up this season uh, although they couldn't have paid as much as Dallas with their cap space even so but that's uh they seem to have at least gotten some religion of like man I can't even with LeBron we're trying to work with him but the fact that he was pushing for Russ and we did this for him with Russ and now look where we are we're gonna at least take back a little control here and yeah and see if we can do a, better a so Brooklyn
4: moment right where they like yeah. okay found found their spot and kind of retook retook the wheel a little bit
3: yeah but they're also uh, like they're pretty good at the traditional scouting not like a huge sense that they're like a particularly forward-thinking organization and like the vanguard uh, of strategic innovation good
4: good hire with darvin ham
3: yes yes i Very made a pretty good,
4: good hire, good hire so. with frank vogel before that we should say even Indeed. though they ended yeah, up firing I
3: mean, him, yeah, and they tried. Now they tried for Monty Williams, and they didn't get him at that point. And they uh, they weren't willing to pay Ty Liu, who as good as these other guys were. They only wanted like if they could have paid Tai Liu, but they're only willing to give him like I don't know. like. Oh yeah, a, a that's right. Deal. Yeah, remember that?
4: Yeah, they, yeah, they wanted to give him like a hinky special, right? <laughs> it's like no, yeah. you can't do that. I point a championship. <laughs> like, come on.
3: Yeah, where where and that's and also like let it letting him go to uh, their soon not to be in arena rivals the Clippers but yeah I mean you would think that that's the sort of thing where if you're the LA Lakers you can just shoot money out of a fire hose and yeah okay fine if Ty Lue has a year left on his contract when LeBron retires who the fuck cares like we we have LeBron right now so that's that's the sort of thing that makes me think like man if these these guys would be Pretty damn ordinary if they were in somewhere that's not LA. Uh, and But, but I, I will give them credit that they've done about as well as they could to recover from the Westbrook thing in the end. But that, of course, the fact that they did that to begin with is still a massive stain on their resume. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with them in this area. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that
0: every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play.
4: Uh, so I had them, uh, when you say lower, I mean, we're getting into the 20s now. I had them maybe like two or three spots lower than we're talking about now. Um, so Cuban's involvement, I think, has generally been more positive than negative. And we're kind of evaluating them in the Nico Harrison era, right? Which means they already had Luca. So now it's a question of what have they done around him? The kid higher, I think, is... Eh, you know, we'll we'll see. Might it worked okay. for a year. It worked for a year, then kind of not as. Why great don't you just last be more positive? Be
3: more positive, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's um,
4: that's that's all yeah. my fault. Um, the Kyrie trade. We'll see how that works out. That felt like the last gasp of like keeping Luca on side. And but it cost them a you know cost them a pick in twenty nine when you know they might be they might be horrible. I mean Luca could be a free agent in twenty six. Um, so that that's the interesting part there. Well, I thought well their moves, is it also
3: yeah yeah? Sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish because I was going to kind of.
4: Their moves up. around the edges this off actually weren't bad though. I mean, getting getting Grant Williams was fine. You well, know.
3: we'll we'll see about that twenty thirty pick swap, right? We'll see yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah.
4: Pick, pick swaps tend to, you know, historically they've been pretty significantly less valuable. It, uh, it
3: does appear that they, part of the value in that pick swap was getting off of completely dead money with Reggie Bullock because like he can't even get on the court in Houston right now. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like he's just done and that they were correct. They correctly identified that. Uh, so so that's part of the value is to turn that 10 million into a similar contract with Grant Williams. Uh, as opposed to just like simply getting Grant Williams. But yeah, 20 30 pick swap with the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great.
4: Uh, nailed the lively pick.
2: Yeah, well, and, and also traded down move up and along get it, the
4: right, way. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was really nice. Uh, uh, obviously oh, yeah, there's you're been right. Some, yeah, they did trade s- down. Some right. stuff within yeah. the organization um, and all the sexual harassment and whatnot, which is a, a ding against them.
3: Um, that was... well, so. Yeah. A couple years ago now. I mean sure. letting Brunson go, I mean that's on this that's on this resume. I and mean, that was yeah. just a disaster uh and yeah I mean I'm pretty sure Lucas like he's not agitating to get out but he certainly is hoping for improvements shall we say and you also kind of wonder a little bit too of mark cuban he's 65 he's in this new deal he's going to retain basketball operations how's that really going to work like what is the actual language there yeah this could get really interesting What happens when he sells it? Does it then revert to the Sands Corporation? Or is it uh, that whoever buys Mark Cuban's portions, then he controls basketball operations, even though Sands uh, owns the majority of the team? Also seems like possibly in a mission that they know their chances with Luca are not amazing. They don't really have a path to becoming a contender with him. And so maybe you sell as much as you can now. And uh, that's... Yeah, I I mean, I think they've yes they've done some good things but it it always there seems to always be like some drama there too and it seems like they're just like desperately holding on to the edge of the cliff uh, as their fingers get more and more tired and they are (laughs) trying to pull themselves back up again yeah 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 all right i i may move I, i i think to me they should be below like a portland
4: I can't I think ownership is still better there than in Portland. So I I, I would still keep them just above Portland, I think. And and uh yeah, but they're they're definitely in the in that like kind of mid twenties tier.
3: Well, like Cuban, isn't he still dining out on like being a good owner ten years ago? Like when you consider all the you know, all the stuff with Bob Vulgaris and donnie nelson and how their plan is uh whoever is uh you know being the agreement worm tongue whisper in mark cuban's ear uh, and then that changes as soon as that person falls out of favor and now that like cuban is selling the team it, it just it doesn't seem particularly stable or. Clear. I mean, they've made some some very good moves. Although a lot of those people aren't here anymore. Like you know, going and get going and getting Luca was fantastic, but the Porzingis move was awful. Uh, that never worked. That's they they're another team who kind of like went in too early trying to find yes. like the next thing and they've been basically swimming upstream ever since the Porzingis trade to try to put a competitive team around Luka because they punted all their assets in like the first year of Luka's rookie deal and and they don't do that unless the owner thinks that that's what they should be doing so I'm not sure that I view Cuban as a positive influence at this point in time and also frankly like he's not willing to spend that much like they they should have just offered Jalen Brunson more money and they didn't.
4: I don't know if that was a tax management thing, though, right? Like, I, I think that was just, I think that was just a misfire on, on what his value was.
3: Well, I think they would have been a lot more willing to pay more for him if they hadn't, you know, extended or given Tim Hardaway Jr. a massive new contract.
4: Or, or, <laughs> well, that's know. true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Like, like there were. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they signed JaVale McGee. That was a complete misfire.
4: That. Wow. That, that was one of the worst contracts of the last few years. Yeah. To give him three yeah. guaranteed
3: years at his age. Yeah, that seemed seemed uh, not not ideal. So yeah, I I just and and the kid thing seems like it might kind of be heading south. There just there isn't a feeling to me of like if you compare them to like a Cleveland who we've been talking about in this same range or even Sacramento. It's just like they don't have this kind of crap going on. Yeah, and maybe yeah. like some of these teams you talk about, oh yeah, you know, like Luca fell into their laps, and all right, they did go get Luca, which was uh, impressive, and they deserve credit for that. But really, since then, there have been some good moves, but probably more bad than good. And uh, and when you consider the chaotic nature of it all,
4: yeah, you you, you might have convinced me here. All right, can we yes, talk about a really? You, can we talk about a really interesting team and a puzzle? Uh, yeah. New Orleans Pelicans.
3: Yeah. I I had them a little further down in this next group also. Uh, I don't know. You brought them up. You can talk about them.
4: (laughs) I mean, there's so much weird stuff that comes up with in terms of how they've managed with Zion since he's been drafted and all the injuries and turning over the performance team. And some of the kind of short term considerations that have come into play, uh, that, you know, when you look at like the extension with McCollum, for instance, obviously, was I think that was a clear overpay. On the other hand, the biggest failing of this team is that their two stars haven't played like stars and or haven't even been available. And they've, I mean, they've probably generated more good role players out of thin air than, than almost any team in the league. Right. You know, just coming up with these like random guys like Alvarado and Najee Marshall, uh, you know, Herb Jones was a second round pick. Right. Uh, even uh, Trey Murphy was a 17th pick. So I think they've done an amazing job on the back end of their roster and really have for several years now. And it's kind of been overwhelmed by some of the big picture stuff and by the general, like the, the owners just not going to spend money on this team.
3: Yeah. they're weirdly are in the tax right now i still i guess they're a a kyra lewis away they've they've had some misses as well that um you know jordan hawkins looks like he's going to be a really good pick though uh at 14 this year they haven't really they've got this hole at backup center i i still the way i put it after their play-in loss to the lakers was that they have a lot of talent but their stars aren't that good and they're not really putting them in position to succeed that much either just with the like I, i mean if you look at, yeah, th- these, like, young guys that they brought in that they've kind of manufactured are amazing. But then, like, the two veterans that they brought in are C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas, who are, like, not that good and not very good fits around there. So, like, C.J. McCollum, I was watching that game on Thursday. Uh, like, what is it you do here? Like, what what is the purpose of bringing in, like, an isolation-heavy scoring guard who wants to play the exact same way as Brandon Ingram and can't defend? And, and he's going to be paid over $30 million now on this extension that they rush to give him uh, after yeah. they won two play-in games yes. and, and at his age 33 and 34 seasons. I, I just like that. that sort of, these are the sort of overall vision things that make you like, they're really good at selecting trees and then they're really bad at the forest part of it.
4: Good timber analogy. I like that. As a Pacific Northwest guy, I can I can respect that. (laughs)
3: uh yeah and then there is the spending aspect as well now they do employ Fred Vinson they've taught some guys to shoot pretty well that that is a big organizational competence I, I think yes. Willie Green was a solid coach hire, not like an incredible visionary but someone who definitely is really well respected and gets these guys to play hard they've been better on defense than it seems like they should be a lot of the time we'll see about the Daniels pick that was a big one that's probably late enough where you might say yeah maybe you could have gone for uh Jalen Williams there uh but they certainly have like a fair number of of solid wings Uh, but yeah I, I guess I just and it's not like under this ownership it's not like they've been good at any point really like you you would have to say this is kind of the best they've been in the last 10 years or so I guess they had the one AD year but they you know this is still the same ownership that kind of messed up the AD thing and you know, I did, like Griff has had some hits uh, and some misses. Uh, his trades have usually been pretty good. Like he got good value in the AD deal. He got pretty good value yes. in the Holiday deal. Yeah. I would say for a guy who's in the last year of his contract to get a full draft from the Bucks was solid. But yeah, I just it, it's the the money and then just like not understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your star and working to, to optimize around them is where it falls apart for me.
4: I I think it would look better if their stars were actually stars. But I, I still... Like, I have in the 20s, too. I, I just think there's well, too but, much... but even... There's, yeah. There's yep. too much. There's just too much noise, and and, uh, and with the t- like, there's too many. There's too many drag points uh, working against them. Uh, even though they've been really good at identifying role players and have a couple of the other strengths that we talked about.
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe they should be higher than like a Dallas or an Atlanta. I I might. Yeah, I, really I have them above. on that.
4: I have them above Dallas and Atlanta. Uh, the team I had them right next to actually. Should
3: we talk about Minnesota? Yeah, because it's actually working now. Uh, in in minnesota and so this is sort of when they made the gobert trade this is the team they expected to get yes i I, you know and and i think like tim conley was very respected elsewhere they made the right pick with edwards although that was back in the rosas era but some of those people are still there and the reed
4: contract looks good the uh, trading russell for conley i think was essential Yes. Uh, Kyle yeah, Anderson was, was a good free agent signing. Uh, the biggest thing in terms of the Gobert trade, uh, as we say back in New Jersey, the Shiznit is about to hit the Fizzan. I think uh, once we get to next year and the financial implications of it.
3: Yeah, it's great that you built this team that could be together for one year and be good. Congratulations on that. <laughs> like when your when your star is in his fourth season.
4: Yeah. So how do they deal with this? Because I I question whether this ownership group, the new one with uh, Mark Lord and A Rod, has the pockets to pay you know to be twenty million in the tax every year, whatever it's going to be. And so how how do they go forward when Conley and Anderson are free agents after the year when they're paying uh, you know even next year you're looking at paying over a hundred million to your three bigs, Reed, Gobert, and towns. I I just don't know how you manage that situation and stay contending when a a team like this, where as good as these guys are, they don't have one of the top five guys in the league. It's really a a depth of quality team where they count on having eight good players and and just sort of beating you down over the course of the game with their defense and their lack of weaknesses. And It's just hard to keep that going and pay everybody, especially if you're trying to stay under the tax while you do
3: it. Yeah. And they're like, this financial apocalypse is, you know, like you said, 20 minute million into the tax. And once you get above 15, it's like, it's basically impossible for just about anybody except your bombers to pay that rate at at this point. Now, they might say, hey, we'll trade Carl Anthony Towns. We'll get right financially. We'll get some assets. I'm not sure that that's possible. The auto extension for Carl Anthony Towns with a player option giving him the super max you know he's he's been better he's getting back to kind of his normal levels but that's his age 29 through 32 seasons making 35 percent of the cap so that's not so good and yeah i mean you you basically and rudy gobert yes he has been much better this year but he's still he's going to turn 32 this season Uh, he's not gonna be able to maintain this all for maybe another year or two you probably i mean maybe you could trade him at this point but then you're kind of right back where you started in terms of your defense and you're you're playing towns at center and and we'll see this is i imagine this will probably be their kind of high water mark this year in our perception maybe i'll i'll be wrong about that like their defense is definitely outstanding and you know If they win a playoff run, they might say it was all worth it. But if Anthony Edwards continues to develop at the level that we think would be possible, we could look back three years from now and be like, man, like, remember how good they were that one year? And like, they punted all of their assets to be good in Edwards' fourth year. And now he's like a top five player and they got nothing left around him because they haven't had a draft pick for seven years.
4: That is is the big one for me that the, the, you know, you talk about the vision thing, like they just didn't have, I don't think the right conception of what their timeline should be.
3: Yeah, and particularly when it it was just so obvious that like yeah, John, not only are they going to be 20 million into the tax with their roster next year, they don't have a point guard under contract. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and they're still and they're still incredibly dependent on Mike Conley who's Playing well at age 36, but he's going to, you know, how many years does he have left? Even if you do resign with bird rights and they have no way to replace him, no trade assets and no financial flexibility. So what the fuck are they going to do a point guard next year?
4: Just hope Mike's still good at thirty-seven
3: too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In all likelihood, shake Milton for a five million dollar non-guaranteed starting at the one they did get. Nikhil Alexander Walker in that deal that was good. He's a rotation player for them uh, in in the Conley deal. Like Troy Braun Jr. is a guy who can at least come in eat some innings for you. Uh, They haven't really made a draft pick that I love yet in the Conley era, though they you know they had Wendell Moore, Leonard Miller, maybe heard from at some point um you know josh minot was one that we liked at the time and he's in the 40s so whatever if he doesn't work out you can't kill him for that but uh you know he's maybe someone who could evolve peyton watson style into being a cheap contributor for them so yeah and, and also when you consider just how bad they were under glenn taylor glenn taylor is still the owner like it's it's hard to get them much above this range even though they are winning right now
0: yeah
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Minnesota was an interesting one though because they are winning right now. I guess that leaves us.
4: So I had before we get to the three pinatas at the bottom. I had I had Washington, who was almost like an incomplete. Uh, I had him down here because like the whole Le- Leons is still the owner in that whole era and what they were trying to do. Just the vision was so bad, and the the no trade clause. Really hurt them on what the, on the return they got in the deal trade. I think, uh, even though they probably negotiated a better deal than they should have been able to with Phoenix. Uh, and just a overall, kind of a kind of an incomplete until we see more of what it's going to be like with uh, with Winger and his crew there now.
3: Yeah, the reason I don't have them in the bottom three is because they have actually bitten the bullet and decided to rebuild. If not, they yes. would be firmly in that group. And I don't right. think they got amazing work for it for any of the deals that they made, but they at least made them, and they at least like, <laughs> yes. started the next era of Wizards yeah. basketball. That frankly should have been started as soon as John Wall tore his Achilles.
4: Hundred percent, hundred percent. They wasted half a decade with that.
3: And they did resign Kuzma. Like that's a little weird, but uh, you know it's not like that's uh, preventing <laughs> preventing them from losing games. So why not bring yeah. him back? You got to spend the money anyway, and you can always be matching salary for something else. But yeah, and Michael Winger is someone I have respect for. They got Will Dawkins from OKC, so I, I just generally the people that are there now at the top, I've, I've got some respect for, and we'll we'll see where they're going. You can't move them any higher than this because it's so early in the rebuild, and Leonsis is the yeah. owner. But they at least pulled off the band aid, but now we got to take a look at the at the uh the at wound. the wound. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> All right,
3: who you got at twenty eight? Uh, I I think the Bulls are clearly a tier above Charlotte and Detroit. I I would
4: agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, mistakes have been made. Uh, They had some bad luck with the Lonzo deal, Uh, but they made a good move with Caruso. They at least, you know, had a vision of what they were trying to do. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> that's that's about as much as I got. They obviously need to need to start over here. It's gonna be interesting to see what they can do now with what they have uh to to effect a rebuild. DeRozan's an expiring contract, so that's that's really the catalyst to me. Uh like it's it's time, they're just not that good. They need to start over, so the, I, the, I obsession, don't, I don't.
3: Yeah, the obsession with Nikola Vucevic from trading as much as they did to get him to then, they didn't give him, uh, Danny reminded me of this the other day. I was thinking in my head they gave him a two-year deal at $20 million a year.
4: No, they did the contract enough. as an extension. It was three years, $60 million, but it was done three as an extension years b- before July 1, right? <laughs>
3: And 20 million dollars a year like he's yeah. not even a starting caliber player at this point
4: yeah
3: like he's killing them <laughs> on both ends right now he's a 51 true shooting and yeah it just but yeah to identify him as the guy all right he's gonna get us to the next level but we're a 30 30- Five win team and the fact that they traded a better player like someone who's been better than him over the last three years for him and gave up two yes. very lightly protected draft picks i mean just what a killer that was like if they had just continued on with Wendell Carter and then made the DeRozan deal like I hated the DeRozan deal at the time I'll admit like he's been way better like they're trying to win games at this point they're trying to take the next step I'm still not sure why that was necessary like they just brought in Arturus, and now maybe this comes down to ownership maybe that's ownership is like uh-oh like fans are starting to tune out of here we gotta right. you know still get get the United Center full and <laughs> just make sure that we're cashing these uh, the biggest you know we're the most profitable franchise in the league even though we're not going to spend too much obviously so maybe maybe that was part of it that like the bottom line was finally being hurt and you know i I was talking to an executive over the weekend here uh, about these rankings and they're like man like i love working for my organization because ownership never talks to us about this shit they never talk to us about marketing they never talk to us about you know getting butts in the seats or like the profitability of the organization yeah. like all ownership cares about is actually just winning basketball games and winning not only winning basketball games and winning basketball games at the highest level and like i'm like yeah that that's got to be amazing and that and that person works for an organization that is quite high in our rankings and what he was saying it's like yeah i know how lucky i am because I talk to my colleagues and all they ever tell me is, yeah, ownership, like, these concerns are like first third and fifth among like any move (laughs) right how it's going (laughs) to affect the bottom line how it's going to affect the media perception of us and the market like all this shit that ultimately doesn't matter for like building a high level basketball team and the bulls are very much at the bottom of the you know perception sort of rankings that where they just you know win the press conference is a, a big component of what they're trying to do
4: and they're cheap and needlessly cheap in that market. Emb- embarrassing cheap.
3: Yeah. Now, the last time they truly had a contender, like they spent some, but they didn't spend a lot necessarily, (laughs) right? Like like they were spending like a barely acceptable level for, you know, those Derrick Rose type of teams that were... And and yeah, obviously, they haven't been good enough to bother with the tax since then. All right, let's get to the uh, the two weak sisters here at the bottom. Who is your exalted number 29, Charlotte or Detroit?
4: It's, uh, man... So it's hard for me to, yeah. I mean, Detroit has the highest paid coach in the league and it's (laughs) 2-20. Like, like, oh man. Um, I still think they're better run than Charlotte.
3: Well, I I put Detroit last just because you hope that the new ownership in Charlotte will be like at least somewhat of a regression to the mean.
4: That... That was the one thing that, that would have made me pull the trigger for Charlotte. Is that? But we haven't seen any change yet is the problem. Like, nothing's well,
3: changed just yet. took over, though. I, like, yeah. apparently, they weren't able to negotiate taking control until basically after the offseason was over. Like, MJ made the Miller pick, and you know, Steve Clifford is still there, but he's in the last year of his deal. So, like, I'm at least, to me, just the slight possibility of hope, change, and improvement is more <laughs> enticing than what Detroit's got going on. Yeah. <laughs> Can I read for, for Detroit? Can I read for you a paragraph from a recent Jake Fisher piece? Uh, okay. The decision tree that governs the Pistons' roster adjustments will stand as one of the more intriguing leadership contra- constructs across the league born out of Detroit's coaching search that resulted in Williams' lavish hiring this summer. Troy Weaver was a proponent of Kevin Alley, uh, while Arne Tellum wanted Jaron Collins, Charles Lee was the compromise choice, and then they didn't hire any of those guys. They, they <laughs> Are
4: you saying that's a red flag?
3: yeah and i mean it's just we go back to some of the shit that we always talk about like the servetus thing are michael tell the owning the team in israel that got the buyout for servetus i mean just like you know fucking banana republic type of shit like, <laughs>
4: yeah yeah
3: like just, just like utter corruption and you know in i've had a conversation with someone who used to work there who was just you know told me that like all that stuff is like just as bad as it seems uh, on the outside and and it's uh, and that it's really just like it has not been about winning there. It's been about you know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Uh, you know, to the extent that Troy Weaver is kind of running things, he doesn't seem to know like what actually fits together into a modern basketball team. They, t- when they actually have like decent veterans to trade away, they either wait too long to trade them or they, yes, or they don't trade them at all. Like Bogdanovich uh, to or br- Burks. No I mean, Burks,
4: the moment might've passed, right?
3: I mean, same with Bogdanovich. Like they apparently like th- there's a report that they, now you don't know what the protection is and all this, but uh, I don't care if it was top 29 protect- if you had for two first round picks on the table for Boyan Bogdanovich at last year's trade deadline, you probably should have taken
4: it. What, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's still this mindset of like, we're about to make our big push, you know, and get up to 36 wins and we can't screw that up. So, and, and I think that's been a real negative, uh, drag on them. And then obviously they've, I mean, they've done some crazy stuff at the, at the margins. When you look at the, you know, like the Bagley and Wiseman deals and whatnot. Um, the other thing that has hurt them that you could say maybe is a little bit more bad luck, like they just haven't hit on a star. Like, they they just don't have a best player. Like, I'm sorry, Cade Cunningham, like he's not, he was the number one pick and a lot of people had him rated number one and he just hasn't, he just hasn't turned out to be that guy at all. Uh, so, you know, kind of had the yep. number one pick in the wrong draft maybe, I don't know, but...
3: Well, yeah, I, I I, mean, they would have considered Jalen Green or, or Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is good, but he also wouldn't have, like, single-handedly transformed the fortunes exactly. of this franchise. And now, clearly, Cade is being used totally wrong. He should be used off the ball like Jason Tatum and they should have like an actual point guard, an actual spacing around him. And, you know, to their credit, they did try to bring in like Monte Morris and, and he's been hurt. That could have made it look a little bit better. But you're 2-20, Monte Morris, Boyan coming back from a calf injury, like that's that's not saving you at this point. And like Cade, it, no matter how bad the spacing is, like he should have shown more at this point if you were thinking he was going to truly yeah. be, uh, you know, a franchise level, a superstar, which he hasn't been. And that's... um. You know the Wiseman acquisition like they traded Sadiq Bay for James Wiseman is so bad like, I mean, what
4: yeah,
3: like, yeah that's that's just what they on earth they were thinking there uh, as, as much mileage as the Lakers have gotten out of second draft guys like the the Pistons have gone in reverse instead with those guys <laughs> yeah. <Like they're> <laughs> I mean Marvin Bagley has been like okay but you didn't need to pay him 13 million a year like he's like kind of a minimum no player. like
4: th- you forgot you know. that they traded two seconds to get the right to pay him that because they thought there was gonna be like some fucking bidding war for him
3: yeah so I think they have to be last at this point. And also the Williams hire, like, first of all, like Tom Gores interferes. So now like Monty Williams is not Troy Weaver's guy. He's not Arn Tellem's guy. So now you get things like him, just like not playing Jaden I- Ivey for, to like prove some point or whatever. Like I, I, yeah, you know, they're two and 20. It doesn't look like a son's like transformation is uh, in the offing anytime <laughs> soon. And they completely reset the coaching market by bringing in Monty Williams to get some credibility and that obviously hasn't worked so yeah i mean just the the most dysfunctional overall front office you would say and the worst results equals number 30 organization ranking do we need to talk more about charlotte at this point uh, i mean uh i guess
4: i mean i don't know that that you know obviously like the chasing the eight seed every year stretching batum to sign hayward to a bad deal uh you know the whole Everything with bridges like, uh uh that awful twenty-two draft. Was it twenty-two? The book 20, night, Kai Jones, 21. JT Thor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They went and got Kai Jones too. They oh yeah, to pick yeah, get him.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like they made a move to get that guy. Um, so yeah, just just bad all over. Cheap. They didn't sign anybody this year, even though they easily could have and they're and they have no depth like they they I don't know
3: they just yeah they're trying to be good this year but they let like a decent backup point guard go that they had the means to resign like the Kelly Oubre could have helped them he ended up signing for a minimum elsewhere they had bird rights on him they had plenty of room under the the tax to resign him it, they yeah i mean just having no other decent guards on the roster besides lamello and Rozier is like just absolutely killing them i mean they've had injuries and stuff too but they uh you know and we'll see on the brandon miller pick vis-a-vis scoot you know that's actually you know maybe looking better than it did at the time yeah. but that was too early to say there um but yeah i mean you know we'll, we'll see i i uh, I would be shocked if they don't have a new GM and a new coach for us to evaluate and potentially a new direction. And, you know, they're going to have another high lottery pick this year, too. So Schnall uh, will hopefully put their stamp on the organization between now and then. But we don't have really anything to evaluate them on. Other than, you know, the fact that they did a bad job. Ju- if the way they negotiated the sale for Michael Jordan to, like, have Michael Jordan be able to, like, uh, you know, retain the dead man's hand at the tiller for one more off season <laughs> yeah. after the deal <laughs> right. was already done. Uh, ho- hopefully they negotiate a little bit better with uh, in the rest of their dealings than they did on that transaction. <laughs> Yeah, that that wasn't too good. But uh, all right, uh, who are some of you the uh, the biggest risers and fallers to you over the last year?
4: Risers, um, I would say uh, Denver. Remember, this was a year ago. We, you know, Tim Conley had just left. We kind of didn't know what we were going to get with them. Uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Orlando, certainly. I would say the Knicks.
3: Um, Uh, yeah, yeah, Knicks, I I would have to say, yeah, Orlando's is is a big one. Um, Sacramento. Sacramento was just beginning their renaissance at this point last year the lakers actually have, have moved up quite a bit uh, for me i had them in the lowest tier last year because i mean remember they still had russ on the team yes at that point they started the year two and ten you know we usually do these like late mm-hmm. November. like they looked like they were drawing dead who could have predicted that they would turn around in part because of nice moves by the front office uh to get to the conference finals or even make the playoffs a year ago seemed impossible at this correct. point. correct And so, yeah, they've moved up quite a bit. Yeah, you mentioned Denver. Uh, Yeah, no other huge risers. John, this was shocking to me. I just looked at this. Mm -hmm. I still had Toronto number one last year. Wow. And I've got them in like the 20s now. Yeah. I'm going to bump them up a little bit as we went through it because, you know, like, I think they should probably be above like Atlanta or something like that. Some of these teams don't have a ton to recommend them, particularly like Atlanta. I was kind of giving them some more credit for the schlank years, which I think probably doesn't make much sense at this point. But yeah i mean toronto pr- quite the fall from grace uh clippers are a little bit of a faller and i mean some of the c- yes b- biggest commentary that i got from the first episode was they should be even lower now they're starting to play better so we'll see right let's see where they are by the end of the year um and how the harden deal works out uh memphis is a big faller for me yep uh Spur- portland uh, spurs spurs i think fell yeah i actually i think i actually had to moved up a little bit maybe because some of these other teams but like i just their transactions have all been pretty good to me like the pearl deal was good like the grant williams deal was good it's just they're i don't know I, I honestly i think their biggest problem in terms of why they've been so bad is probably coaching and the fact that they're just taking this like extreme long-term view where it's like you know with sohan a point guard where it's like okay guys like you got it you got it, at least you got Victor Wembanyama in your team. You got to like actually yeah. try to win games, and I think they're starting to do that. So we'll, we'll see where they are at the end of the year. I, I'm I, I'm not penalizing them too much yet for that, although it is concerning. Um, yeah, Phoenix, I kind of had mid pack last year, same this year. Chicago went from 24 to 28.
4: Yeah, I was. It was funny. I was going to say Chicago, but I couldn't remember. I was like, I don't think we had them that much higher last year.
3: Yeah. Orlando is kind of the big, the big increaser there. I'd say we didn't know. I remember they started five and 20 last year. So that's, that's what we were looking at at this point last year. And for them to be like well over 500 since then, they definitely deserve a lot of credit for that. And some of these moves were like, we thought the Suggs pick was just a complete bust at that point. Dallas is a little bit of a a faller for me. We didn't know that they were going to just like not make the playoffs last year.
4: Oh, yeah, 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 totally.
3: Yeah, totally a slider there. Uh, Atlanta probably yeah.
4: slid a little
3: right no all right uh they were 22 for me last year so they're about the same um okay. was there any who was your hardest to rank team real quickly before we go Spurs yeah I would put them in there Phoenix because they just they've had such a, a small track record and the moves they've made have been so extreme. And you just have no real way of knowing, so. But yeah, I kind of ended up just mid-pack with them again. Just uh, yeah, and Toronto. Toronto was the other one where of just how to rate their track record over the last few years. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, they they just they've had such an awful last year. Like like at this time last year, it's like all right, you know, they haven't moved on Siakam and Ananobi yet, but uh, they'll figure it out, right? (laughs) Like yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll make the move and instead to go the opposite direction, the direction they needed to go at the deadline. Because, I mean, they had just won, they'd just been the sixteenth the year before. You're kind of thinking like, oh, maybe they can take a little bit of a next step here. But once it was clear that wasn't happening, they were just too slow with it. All right, then. Well, I will exhort you again to subscribe to Dunked On Prime, particularly uh, maybe for the basketball junkie in your life. Uh, link to that is in the show notes here. And hopefully we'll be back next week. We're going to try to do the top 10 prospects in the NBA. At least Danny and I will do it. I think John... We'll try to get John in as well as the logistics work. And uh, thanks so much for being a subscriber. We'll talk to you all soon. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
0: We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365.